Hey guys, welcome back. Hopefully it's back for you guys to Parent Q Live. My name is Carlos Whitaker with our wonderful co-host, Kristen Ivey. How are you, Kristen? Doing good. Good yeah. to be here. I, I, another day. <laughs> another day. Another conversation. <laughs> another moment you have to stare at me from across the microphone. I apologize. Moment maker. That. Yes. I'm making, making You're moments. You're making moments nonstop. <laughs> um, guys, we're, again, we're excited once again for our guest today. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about graduation. It's kind of a fun extra episode for you guys. What does it look like as a parent when you have a child that's graduating so we brought in an expert. Um, Brad Griffin is the associate director of the Fuller Youth Institute, where he develops research-based training. Oh, I like that. Uh, for youth workers and pastors. And obviously, we've heard from Kara from the Fuller Youth Institute. Now, Brad from the Fuller Youth Institute. Kristen, we love the Fuller Youth Institute. We really do. Their team, we're like family, um, and they are just fun to hang out with. I mean, anytime you talk to Brad, you get something incredible yeah. out of that experience. Not only just... As he's a great parent, great father, as a youth worker, mm-hmm. he's been around teenagers and kind of just gets what it's like. Well, and I, what I loved about this conversation is, you know, he's diving into the specifics on kind of the weeks leading up to graduation and the weeks after graduation. So, I mean, this is, you know, when I was, when I did the interview, I was like, this is some pretty valuable hands-on information. It's really yeah. good. And even looking forward, if you don't have a graduate right now to go ahead and start anticipating that moment, planning yeah. that moment, what do you want to do when your kid gets to that particular milestone in their life? Yeah. It, it's a milestone where a lot of things change. Uh, one particular thing that may change uh, is they're going to have to get a job at some point <laughs> soon. And maybe they've never had a job before, but it's going to, it's going to happen at some point. And um so let's talk about jobs for a second. Okay. I would I would love to talk to you about um, maybe some jobs that you've had and um, <laughs> some jobs that I've had. But let's let's turn it into a little game. Okay. Hopefully, if you if you're listening, you've played the game before: two truths and a lie. Um, we are going to tell each other two jobs that we've had that is true, and then one job that's a complete fabrication. And we're going to see if we can stump each other and get the other person to. Try to figure out which ones are true and which one is not. Does that okay, make sense? That makes sense. Would to you me. like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. You go first. Yeah, because okay. I'm gonna thinking. I'm thinking, Carlos, your job, career, history. <laughs> I'm not sure I can trump it. I better go first, okay. and I don't have to come in at the end of it. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. All right, Carlos. Yes. I am an A certified fitness trainer, but I never taught a class. Really? I almost left college. For a career path in Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> and my very first job when I graduated high school was to work as an assistant at the university library. Wow. I'm going to say that you, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, I apologize if in some way, shape or form this hurts your feelings. I don't think it should. I just don't know if you were the Circus de Olay type. <laughs> so I don't know if uh, if if that was like in kind of your wheel, <laughs> wheelhouse or not. So that that's the one I'm thinking is a lie. That is true. What? I actually came home from college, told my dad I wanted to quit college to go join the circus, wrote them a letter. Wow. They wrote me back and I started plans for my- No, you <laughs> did. I started plans for my interview. Really? True story. So, so th- this, this would, this would, to me, 
uh, make the fitness instructor thing a true thing too. True as well. Yes. See, yeah, they, but they, I never taught together. a class. They, they do go together. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Didn't work at the library. You didn't work at the library. No. Okay. Okay. No. I, I was I was one hundred percent convinced on the fitness instructor thing. I was like, oh, I could see she'd have been fitness instructor. Oh, library. She loves to read. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Painting her face and dangling from ropes. I'm just not quite sure. You got me. I did have a moment with my dad where I thought, you were supposed to talk me out of this, and I don't know why you didn't. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Yep. All right. Your turn, Carlos. My turn. My turn. My first job that I'm going to tell you about was that I was a roller skating repairman at All American Skating in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Okay. Nice. So all the the skates that- All the skates. Roller skate repair. I I was the guy that repaired them. Number two, for the 1996 Atlanta Olympics- I was in the center of the Olympic Stadium replacing all of the sod that the shot putts and the javelins would divot whenever an athlete would throw them. Nice. And number three, I was, in my younger days, an understudy for the show Kids Incorporated that was on the Disney Channel. Kids Incorporated. Yeah. So those You were an understudy for Kids Incorporated. Replace side of the 96 Olympics. I'm going to say you did replace side of the 96 Olympics because that was a big moment. So you were not the roller skate repairman. That is correct. I was not the roller skate repairman. Not the roller skate repairman. But I was on Kids Incorporated. Kids Incorporated. That's very cool. (laughs) I-D-S. Do you even know? You may be a little too young. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Right there. Yes. That was a big deal for me. Like I thought I I was going to be, you know, in Hollywood and here I am hosting Parent And right in the center of the Olympics too. Yeah. That was actually an incredible moment. A, A friend at my church owned the company that laid all the grass in the center and so cool. uh, myself and, oh my gosh, little fun tidbit fact here. The other person that that rode around in a gator with yes. sod with me, next to me, was um, David Platt, who is now the president of the North American Mission Board. And he was a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, we were both 18 or 17, and we, we went to the same church in the same youth group growing up. Yeah. And so we both had that job of laying that sod. That is that very fun? cool. So yeah. uh, while we're talking about jobs and careers, yeah. what's like the worst job you ever had? Oh, man. What's one that you just thought, hey, I got into this and then realized that was not me? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've, I, this may be the hardest okay. job. I, 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 worst may, maybe days were worse, but hardest jobs was, I guess, summer of my sophomore year of college. I was a cook at the Waffle House in Panama City Beach, oh. Florida. The oh, Panama City Beach, that is like the, 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 the busiest, one the busiest waffle, waffle house, house in, in America, the country. Right on yeah. the strip. I I went to this thing called Summer Beach Project. It was like a bunch of you know Christian kids, yeah. and we go and learn about the Bible, but we had to get a job during the day. I went and got a job at Waffle House, and waffle it was house the cook. hardest job wow. I've ever had. If you ever go to Waffle House, you need to tip those the waitresses and those cooks because it's short order. They don't write yeah. anything down. Everything is yelled out and they have to remember it. And wow. I I I they they had me on toast. <laughs> that, that's basically what I got demoted to, Toast. What about you? That's amazing. I, mine was working in retail. Oh. I don't even know why I took the took the job, but yeah. I decided, you know, one summer as an extra move, I was going to go work in retail. Um, and it's just not my thing, <laughs> right. trying to, you know, find the right pants size and right. match it to the right top. And I did, it was one of those where, like, partway through, I thought, I never want to get another job that's just for a paycheck. Sure. I want to do something yeah. that I'm at least kind of no interested in. No more hot in. topic. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't oh, hot topic. Okay, it wasn't hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> my parents would yeah. never let me go with that story. No, mine either. Tell. No, yeah. 
That's, That's awesome. amazing. But yeah, then then there were mm-hmm. things that, you know, you get, you start doing and you thought like, I worked at Chick-fil-A in the drive-thru, one of my favorite jobs. Yeah. Didn't know I was going to love it, but it was just interacting with people and getting to be kind of part of their day. So I don't cool. know why. So it's, you know, your kids, when they graduate, they're going to be taking on any number of jobs. They are. And a lot of learning, jobs. learning a lot about themselves in the process. And and you will be able to help them, you yep. know, um, either lead them towards or away from, you know, some of these jobs. Away from a career in the circus. <laughs> away from a career. <laughs> it's a good move, Maybe, Dad, if you're listening. Dad, we can interview you on <laughs> what you did to convince Kristen that she should not <laughs> hang from a rope in Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> so uh, with that thought in your head. We're going to move to our interview with Brad Griffin. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Brad and me had a conversation. Take it away. Well, guys, I am sitting here with Brad Griffin. Brad, well, actually, I'm not sitting with you. You're actually, I don't know, I'm going to guess about 2,579 miles away from where I am right now. Uh, why don't you let everybody know just, just kind of where you're at and, uh, and what you're up to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm at Fuller Youth Institute, and we are all about research and uh, making sure that research matters to parents and to leaders uh, in a way that helps kids. Gosh, so good. So good. What I appreciate about what you guys do um, is, listen, I don't have time to research as a dad. And, uh, you know, well, maybe I do. No dads do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I do, but let's just be honest. I just don't. So, you know, so, you know, again, as parents that are listening, uh, as we dive into some of these thoughts, as we're going to be talking about graduation, uh, just kind of listen with the understanding that, you know, what Brad and his team do is they, they kind of roll up their sleeves and they really do the research on really the ethos and the souls of, of what's happening in the hearts of our kids. And so I'm super excited to dive into this conversation about, we, we've kind of titled it this, Getting Ready for Graduation. Now, there's, uh, Brad, there's there's moms of three-year-olds that are listening to this podcast right now. There's also moms of 13-year-olds. There's dads of 18-year-olds, okay? Um, go, go ahead and just from Jump Street, let us know why this is actually going to be an important conversation, no matter where on the parenting spectrum you are. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, you know... A lot of people get stressed out when they think about graduation, whether that's two weeks away or, you know, 10 years away. Um, I think it's because parenting is already the most high anxiety occupation in the world, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing how, you know, we go from one day we're anxious about just keeping them alive and fed as newborns. <laughs> right. And it seems like the next day we're hoping they know how to keep themselves alive Absolutely. as they head out into the world. You know, will they graduate? Are they going to college? Will they ever get a job? Will they ever leave my house? Are they going to come back to my house? Right. I mean, we start we start worrying about these things now. Yeah. You know, I look at my kids are 14, 11, and 8. And, you know, sometimes I look at my 8-year-old and I wonder, like, what's he going to be like after high school? Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we definitely think about these things. But then that, you know, that anxiety goes to, like, Twelve, right? Once, once we get close to graduation, um, on a scale of one to ten, and uh, that's so understandable. It, 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 it you know, it absolutely yeah. is the the stress, the feelings of of worry and concern, and well, you know, what I'd love to get to in this conversation is, you know, to kind of get rid of some of that worry, get rid of some of that concern, and kind of step into this thing with a plan, um, step into this thing with. Uh, with with a sense of direction. So uh, when I I know personally when I think about graduation, 
and my daughter, she's 14. But now, I mean, it really is daily. I'm like, oh my gosh, like in four years, she's going to bounce. She's going to graduate. There is a lot of fear connected to the transition, right? And so like some of the fears that I go through, right? Well, will they graduate? Are they going to go to college? Uh, Where are they going? Will they get a job? Uh, Can you speak to a little bit of the concerns that maybe I I may be spitting out right now when it comes to worrying and stressing about this transition? Yeah. 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 It's a great question. And, and, you know, a lot of this is, is about um, whether we feel like they're going to be competent enough to handle those questions. Right. And and I think one of the big things for us is to trust that, you know, we've been investing in them daily, every every day of their life up to this point. And, and to trust that we've been investing and other adults have been investing um, you know, across the whole spectrum from church to, you know, sports or activities to school and their teachers and that all those investments, you know, they really do add up and they really are going to, going to pay off. Absolutely. Um, what doesn't help is when our anxiety gets so high that we move into control mode yep. and we really try to control those next steps. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think a big theme here and we'll kind of revisit this, but a big theme is, that we, um, that we trust not only in the investment we've made, but that we begin to trust our kids more wow. in this phase. Absolutely. Well, okay. Yeah. okay so- and, and that's a huge boost of confidence for them. Yeah, yeah. When they know when we're showing that we're beginning to trust them more, even if it means they might mess up. Absolutely. I, I love that. What does, what's a tangible way? I mean, what, what, what does that look like for me to be like, okay, my daughter's now 16. How can she feel like I'm trusting her more? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think we can begin to show that, that we believe they have some competence. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's take actually that, that summer after graduation, okay. that's a really unique time. Yeah. Okay. And, um, if we can just jump to thinking about that often, <laughs> parents use that season for like one long tearful season of laughs, you know, and that, <laughs> right. that's miserable for everyone. Yeah. And we can end up making them feel like little kids sure. through that season too, you know, cause we're like walking around crying all the time and, you know, or we're trying to do everything for them because we're worried. It's like, this is the last time I get to cook this meal yeah, or this yeah. whatever. So think about this. Instead, this is a great season to boost their sense of, of autonomy, meaning they can actually do things for themselves. Yep. So when they get a diploma, they don't instantly become an adult. That's a process. Sure. And so our role as parents shifts. We, we, it shifts from being a, like a director or a coach to sort of like a consultant. Yep, yep. And this is a great season to be practicing that and help build that confidence and trust. So for example, at this stage, if they don't know how to do the laundry, they're in charge for the next two months. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, like I'm working on that now, you know, with my middle and high schooler. But if that, if if we if we skip to that for whatever reason, like now's the time. Uh, if they're not managing money on their own, time to make it happen. Yep. Yep. Uh, if they've ne- never managed their own curfew, consider letting them make that call. One young woman told me uh, in an interview. She said. She was so glad her parents gave her more freedom the summer after graduation because otherwise she would have been so overwhelmed at all the choices in front of her wow. in college that she would have tanked. Yeah. Um, so too often parents, you know, we, for, for really good reasons and because we love them and because we're protective, 
we, we coddle them mm-hmm. and we can even coddle them through that summer and then kind of panic absolutely mid-August just before they move into that new dorm yeah. or whatever. But we can take advantage of that season to show them that we have confidence in their ability to handle the world. I love it. Um, because, you know, despite what they may project on the surface, that they love the easy life, mm-hmm. you know, deep down, most of them want to be taken seriously and they want to be known and treated like an adult. And we can give them that gift. Yeah. No, I, I, th- I think that is a gift. I, you know, and, and what I'm hearing you say, um, honestly, are things that, that I'm not necessarily thinking about and I may not be thinking about when, when it comes to that summer after. Um, wh- what are some other things that parents may not be thinking about when it just comes to the general idea of their kid moving on and transitioning through graduation? Yeah. Yeah. You know, to dip into the research a little bit here, Carlos, that parent anxiety around this transition, it tends to be around pragmatics and logistics. Okay. So, you know, some of the questions we named before about the big picture, will they get a job? Will they be okay? But then we zero in on like all the attending details. Um, What dorm will she live in? When can we go shopping for supplies? How will she buy the right books? You know, all those kinds of things. What we don't often ask about also, as the research shows, is questions about what their faith community looks like in this transition. Who's on their team? Who's supporting them into this next phase? Absolutely. Um, What's that number in their cell phone of an adult they know they can call no matter what happens? Right, right. And then if they're moving away, how can we prepare them to explore and find a church, a campus group, somewhere they can connect? You know, too often we've learned faith is an afterthought and Mm. faith community is an afterthought, which means it gets skipped. Yeah. And that's tragic because the research also shows that one out of two walk away from God and the church within the first 12 to 18 months after graduation. Wow. And so sometimes as parents, we're not paying close enough attention to that. We maybe think, well, you know, faith is a given or um, they'll figure that out, but we're going to obsess over all the other details when they might need our help in that area real specifically. Huh. I I love that. I think that, um, gosh, that that is a sobering statistic that one out of two will, will, will leave the church. Um, you know, when you guys are researching that, like, like that number, can you, maybe we can even drill in a little bit more into that. Like, are we talking, are we talking kids that were in church and then suddenly they go to college, they graduate and they're not in church anymore. I mean, is that kind of the sobering space that we land in? Yes, it is. And that statistic is, um, you know, it's kind of boiled down from a few different studies. Uh, those who were involved in churches and then not, um, those who maybe explicitly walked away from faith, uh, those who walked away from church attendance. So, so there's sort of some different angles that Absolutely. others have looked at that, and we kind of boil that down to, you know, if you sort of look at it all, it's yeah. um, the composite picture is is more disturbing than we'd like. Absolutely, to yeah. They're, they're either they're either yeah. heading in the direction um, of faith or not, and uh, yeah. yeah, that I, yeah. I appreciate you guys really kind of digging in and pulling that out. Um, okay, so we've got. We've got this truth of, okay, let's really make sure that um, the faith side of the transition, there's there's a nice road kind of being laid to that. We can kind of walk them into that. Let's talk a little bit uh, for a second about maybe the weeks leading up to. Now, now let's kind of squeeze in. We're moving from 10,000 feet to like, you know, I mean, now we're ground level. It's it's go time. It is, you know, people are, str- there's, exams are coming. They got to make sure that they pass this class. 
weeks are leading up to graduation and then the weeks leading after um, that are following graduation, what kind of things, emotions, scenarios should a parent anticipate in those weeks? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great time to start having conversations with family members, uh, you know, with your spouse, your sibling, grandma, anybody else who expects to be included in the events around graduation about expectations you have and they have. Um, but most importantly, have those conversations with your graduate. Yeah. You know, this is a moment they've never encountered before. They have no idea what to expect, and it's full of all kinds of emotions. Many of those emotions they can't anticipate. Mm. Some of those we can anticipate, but but there might be things we don't anticipate too. Yeah. Um, so I, I think my biggest suggestion there to parents is talk early and then touch base mm. throughout those weeks. You know, does your grad really want to do the fancy dinner to meet your or grandma's expectations? Right. Um, what things would make it meaningful to him? Mm. Uh, what, what people would be most meaningful to you for you and by how long does he or she expect to be asked to hang out with family before they can go meet up with friends yep. or attend some kind of post-graduation event it, you know, talking through those logistics, but then also just being sure this time is wrapped in love and yeah. affirmation. Uh, we can get so focused on the details and Absolutely. we can get frustrated when our expectations don't get met. Yeah. This is such a great time to just remind this kid like, wow, look what you've done and look who you are. You're becoming an adult and we're so proud of you. Um, uh, one other thing there, I think this is a really important time for parents to just seek some self-care for you, too. Yeah. You know, uh, in a sense, you're all graduating. It's true. <laughs> um, everybody's graduating, you know, and, and you need those adult relationships where you can process what's going on emotionally for you so that you don't dump it all on your child, wow. um, you know, who's no longer a child. And that that can be, um, it can end up being destructive right at the time that we want to be close you know, that can end up driving us apart. Absolutely. Gosh, that, that is, yeah. you know, the, the, the self-care of the parent. Um, listen, if you're a parent listening and self-care hasn't been something, you know, you don't have to wait until your kid graduates uh, to start pulling that off. <laughs> you know, So um, yeah. I, it's, it's absolutely essential in how we're parenting our kids to make sure that we're healthy. I love that. Uh, you know, when you speak of that, we, we've, we've talked a little bit about at the beginning about kind of the summer after graduation and the fact that it's a unique summer. Um, are there any other things that really make that summer after graduation unique uh, besides the fact that we're going to try not to weep our eyes out every time we say goodnight to them uh, for the last time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I would say in addition to, to really thinking about that autonomy piece and helping them build responsibility and, and you know, you building trust in their autonomy and ability to, to handle their own kind of uh, their own stuff. Um, it's such a great time to keep having conversations, you know, conversations about what the relationship looks like on the other side, mm -hmm. um, conversations about what they anticipate this next phase of life is going to look like, yeah. you know, just take advantage of those opportunities. It, it also can be a sweet time to make some memories and some memories as a family together, you know, maybe even some one-on-one -on -one memories together. So without making it overly sappy, you know, sure, yeah. I mean, we can tap into that, but we also need to manage expectations based on what their expectations are of time with their friends too, because they're facing a whole lot of laughs 
with people in their lives. Absolutely. Um, with friends, with adults, you know, with, with folks at church and at school. So just being mindful of, um, you know, they have a lot of things they're trying to navigate here as these changes really just wash over them. Yeah. And just being sensitive to that reality. What I, what I, uh, you know, I, what I love about what you just said, and I think is something that can that we maybe can gloss over is is that they are having a lot of lasts, and we don't need to act like this is the last time they're ever going to see us, right? So, like, they, they may be seeing some of their friends for the last time in four years or something like that. But you know, I, I think if we if we just continue to remain mindful, kind of like you're saying that, no, listen, parenting is going to look different. But we're still going to be their parents, right? We're still going to be their their dad. We're still going to be their mom. Let's kind of transition maybe into what um, what does that look like? Okay, so as you've researched, as your team has looked, what, what does parenting look like on the other side? So now you know they it's it's uh, Christmas break. They've been living on their own for three months in the dorm or whatever it may be. They come back home and suddenly it's like, uh, do we go back to our junior year of high school? Do we, <laughs> what kind of, what's going on here? Help us with that question. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, I mentioned earlier that parents tend to get caught up in the details, the logistics. And unfortunately the other side of that is there's a whole lot less attention paid to the relationship. Wow. And that's really what, these emerging adults need most. Um, it's such a great time to redefine that relationship between parent and child and redefine what the expectations are, what it looks like. That child is no longer a kid. Mm. They're becoming an adult. And part of the way we honor that is by honoring that the relationship is shifting, but you know, it shifts, but it doesn't disappear. So, What's that going to look like? What does, you know, my daughter or my son want it to look like? We've got a great moment here to set some expectations together Mm -hmm. and move into this new phase together because now you're looking into the face of an adult. And as you look into the face of an adult, you're best served by listening more than you talk in that conversation. Now, the great news is research suggests that your relationship with your young adult child is likely to get better in this next phase. Wow. So that's something to celebrate and to look forward to. We can cheer about that. We we can cheer about that, especially if they have been driving you insane. It's like, hey, hey, listen, Brad and the team at Fuller (laughs) told me things are going to get better. That is that that is so cool, Um, Brad. Okay, so kind of wrapping up the conversation, and we've you know um, again been talking specifically about graduation and and what that looks like. I would love for you to give us the parents that are listening, myself included, kind of kind of one thing. Well, here at the Parent Q podcast, we love to give a cue. We love to give kind of one thing that we can do. What's going to be the one thing that we as parents can do this week as a result of our conversation? This week, one thing is schedule a time to sit down over coffee or go out and do something together that you both like to do. Yeah. And start having conversations about what this transition looks like. Don't start with your list of expectations, but start by inviting them first. That's to good. Share their hopes, their expectations, you know, both for their future, but also for the future of your relationship. Yeah. You might be surprised what they say. They might be surprised that you ask. <laughs> sure. But all the way around, that conversation is going to be worth it. 
So good, so good. Well, Brad, thank you so much for you know spending some time uh, with us. I'll try not to be too jealous that you're in not so sunny Southern California today, uh, and I'm stuck <laughs> here in Nashville, Tennessee. But uh, we really appreciate you and just everything that you guys are doing at the Full Youth Institute and how you're able to partner with us here at Parent Q. So, Brad, thanks for hanging out, and we'll talk to you soon. So there you guys go, my conversation with Brad about graduation and the weeks leading up to the weeks following. Uh, If you're not there yet, like Kristen's not there yet, I'm not there yet, I still think that the information that Brad gave us could be not only valuable in conversations with your graduating senior, but in conversations with your 16-year-old and your 10-year-old. Conversations are conversations. So uh, we would love to um, continue to uh, give you guys resources when it comes to what it looks like to have these conversations with your kids. Kristen, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? We always love to give you, our listeners, our family, uh, resources to help you as you parent through the different seasons with your kids. And yep. so for anyone who is listening right now, if your kids are getting close to graduation themselves um, and you're wanting to make the most of the moment together, we want to give you a guide to help you have a better conversation following that graduation moment. So whether you go out to lunch after graduation or it's a dinner or it's a family get together that weekend, um, you can kind of use this guide to set you up just to kind of make make that conversation matter more. So in order to download that conversation guide, go to theparentq.org forward slash episode 32. That's it. Episode 32. And it's right there for you. It's right there for you. So yeah, you guys head over there. Make sure that you check and, you know, scroll around the website for a little bit. Scroll around the blog. See kind of the, uh, some of the other content that we have for you guys there. Uh, make sure you head to our Facebook page. We'll make sure that there's links for all of this stuff in the show notes as well. But once again, we're just so grateful that you've taken time away from your day to figure out with us how to do family better. Carlos Whitaker for Chris and Ivy saying we'll see you next time. Next time.